let's just take a moment and uh, just first of all thank you for being here and this is sort of the first split session of, of the conference and and there's sessions going all over so we certainly need uh, we need God's uh, uh, help and wisdom and grace through this through these sessions and, and just really want to pray that it'll be a blessing to you I want to welcome you and uh, my name is Ben Hobbs and I serve as the financial administrator for the church and uh, my, uh, my family has been here just over 20 years, uh, just this past month. And uh, I have a wife and two children, a grown daughter and a son who's in high school. And uh, we're, it's, we're blessed to be able to serve the Lord. And uh, to serve the Lord in this place has been a great blessing. So uh, I'm excited about this session today. It's, it's planning and guiding the church budget. And I want to start with kind of the go-to text when we think about planning and, and passages of Scripture, and probably it's used every time that planning is discussed. But I, I want to focus your attention for a moment, Luke chapter 14, on a really uh, important passage of Scripture. These are the words of Christ. In, uh, in verse 28 of Luke chapter 14, it says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest happily after he had laid the foundation is not able to finish it, all that began to, uh, I'm rather, all that behold it began to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Uh, think about that. What happened was a blight on this person's reputation, right, on his testimony uh, by the lack of planning. When we think about planning, we often think about planning in construction terms and, and in financial terms. Uh, any of you that have been through a building program knows know that the planning phase of a building program is always much longer than the actual construction phase. And so planning uh, has a very special place in, in the life of a church. But I also want to point you to verse 31 through 33 of that same passage where it says, Or what king goeth... Uh, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000, or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. Uh, so think, think about that. Here's planning as well, but the planning here is more self-preservation, right? So you've got someone who's figured out that they're in, a, in kind of a bad shape. So uh, some thought that has gone into it. Then look at verse 33. So likewise, Jesus is speaking here. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Uh, you know, we're one of the, one of the purposes of, of West Coast Baptist College, the purpose, the primary mission of, the, of West Coast Baptist College is to train laborers for the harvest. And, and those of you in ministry know that it's a really important thing that we, we develop that next level, that next, uh, that next wave, uh, our replacements basically in the ministry. And think about this, this passage, I was reading this, preparing for this, this is an unrelated to budgeting, but let me just say this, it, that uh, planning is something that involves prayer and forethought and counsel. And Jesus is saying, hey, uh, if you're going to make that decision, forsake all, you know, you've got to forsake all to be my disciple. So um, unrelated to what we're going to talk about, but planning is such an important part of life. And uh, budgeting is, is one of those one of those areas in churches that distinguishes a church that do, is, is doing stewardship well. 
And uh, so I, I pray that this session today will be a help to you. And we're going to talk about the budget process kind of from start to finish. And, and uh, let's uh, just take a second and open in prayer. Lord, uh, we love you. We thank you so much for how you've already spoken uh, to my heart, Lord, through the sessions uh, last night and today. And God, I just pray that you would bless each and every uh, uh, session that will happen today. Be with each person that will stand and, and, uh, and teach and, and communicate, Lord, that you would fill us with your spirit. I pray, Lord, for each uh, of these um, families represented here, and I pray for their ministries. I thank you, Lord, for their uh, they're, they're uh, just the sacrifice of being here today. And uh, Lord, I pray you'd use me and uh, bless this time together, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, in our church here, whenever we use the term budget, it gets, uh, it gets a variety of responses, and not all of them are, are favorable. Um, I recent, we recently kicked off a, a budget process for the ministry, and within minutes, I received an email from one of our ladies who basically said her life was over as a result of this. And uh, it's, it's funny, uh, you know, it, 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 sometimes budgets are tolerated, uh, but they are a necessary uh, part of ministry. And depending on your, how God made you, whether you're left brain or right brain, uh, left, all of us left brainers, we just kind of love doing this. It's just kind of ingrained in us. If you're a right brainer, you really have to work at it, don't you? Uh, but uh, it's, it's really an important part of ministry. So I want to take a, a few minutes. We're going to spend most of our time talking about the steps in the budget process. But I want to take a minute just to talk about a couple of philosophical things. The first point in our outline here is the purpose of the church budget. And the purpose of the church budget, I have five, there are many, but I want to talk about five. The first one is to establish a spending plan to achieve Christ-honoring goals. Establishing a spending plan to achieve Christ-honoring goals. Budgeting is all about uh, understanding how we spend the resources that God provides to us. Think about your personal life. Um, you can't begin a personal budget until you understand what you're spending, right? Uh, Dave Ramsey, others, you know, have a diary, a spending diary. There's so many different ways to do that. But um, essentially the budget is how are we as a church going to spend what God blesses us with the next year? So uh, the second purpose I'd like to, to give you is, is that of translating the pastor's vision into financial terms. Um, we're blessed with a visionary pastor here. I'm sure each of you are blessed with visionary pastors. That's one of the, one of the, 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 the characteristics of pastors. In Hebrews 13:7, we're all familiar with that. Our, our pastors are the God-ordained leaders of our church, and, and we are to follow their faith, right? So uh, one, one purpose of the budget is to translate that faith and what God is placing on our pastor's hearts into a financial plan. The third purpose I'd like to mention today is that of allocating financial resources, to allocate financial resources. And I can't speak for your church, and it's rare that we hear about churches that just have more money than they can spend. But I can tell you that at Lancaster Baptist, there's not enough uh, money to go around to do everything that our ministry leaders want to do. And uh, let me just say this, we're, all of you were in the last session, right? And I'm kind of OCD. So let me just, uh, when Pastor mentioned that our budget was $460,000 a week, I, he meant to say month. So, um, okay, that's off my chest here. Um, that made me worried. Uh, 
but I don't know how, I honestly do not know how Pastor Chapel keeps up with everything. He's a, he's a great, great man. Um, okay, so uh, budgets help us to have an orderly distribution of resources, and that's, that's a purpose. The fourth purpose is to provide a benchmark for measuring performance. If you're not, if you don't have a budget for giving, how do you really know, what are you measuring? It's, it's the standard against which we measure. So it helps us to know how we're performing. So budgets are a really important tool uh, to, to be a benchmark. And then, and then the fifth purpose, and we could talk about many others, but to demonstrate accountability and wise stewardship. You know, it's one thing for, for us to, to talk about it. It's another thing, an entirely different thing for us to actually practice it. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, budgets are really universally uh, recognized as a, as a standard of sound financial management. So many other purposes, we could talk about reducing conflicts, uh, pre-deciding uh, spending. It's not pulling the pastor into every conversation about whether we replace the light bulbs or not. I mean, boy, pre-decide all of that by having a budget. I mean, just kind of know what you're working toward. So that's a, the purposes, and there's so many. We could spend an entire session on purposes, but, but let's talk about the linkages, the linkage of the budget the linkage of the budget. When I say linkage, what is it that we're trying to accomplish? What's the goal of that process? We're gonna spend a lot of time preparing a budget. What is, what is it that we're trying to accomplish? Uh, and really the linkage is, is what's connecting our budget to our purpose for existing. So there's three areas I'd like to talk about. First of all, the linkage to the pastor's vision, as I just mentioned earlier. Uh, in a second, I'm gonna talk about the mission statement and strategic plan, but the reality of it, if your church doesn't have those formalized things like a mission statement or, or a strategic plan, really, it doesn't really matter. You, what you're doing is you're linking the budget to the, to the pastor's vision. And uh, it's, it's, it's a way, again, of expressing the financial goals of the pastor in, in, in a form that can be communicated with the church family. The second linkage is the linkage to the mission and the mission statement. And every church has, uh, not every church, but lots of churches have ways of, of uh, formalizing their mission statements. They're all kind of creative. They have different words, but they all kind of say the same thing, right? Developing a personal walk, um, reaching others with the gospel, discipling them, and then it's kind of starting the whole cycle over again. Ours is loving God, growing together, serving others. and, and there's a lot of different ways of expressing that, but everything that the church does should link back to its mission. And that, that helps in so many different areas. If you've got two, two programs that, that, some, that, that staff members are interested in doing, and one has got a really strong, hard line link back to the mission, and the other is, well, that's kind of gray, which one is gonna get funded if you can only fund one of them? Uh, so it's, it's when, you're, when you focus on that mission, it really helps to answer a lot of questions. And that mission is something around which every staff member uh, rallies and, and uh, really important part. The strategic plan, the linkage to the strategic plan. Um, some churches have uh, gone beyond the one-year planning or budgeting to develop a strategic plan. And the strategic plan typically is three to five years of of, uh, of a longer term goals for the ministry. And uh, this afternoon, if you're not doing something else at 1.30, I know Dr. Shepard is doing a, a session on strategic planning. As Pastor mentioned, we're in the process of revamping our strategic plan for the church. 
uh, right now. So uh, the strategic plan is, is, a, is a, a tool. Uh, the annual budget helps you to make those one-year incremental progress toward that, toward that overall strategic plan. So those are the linkages of the budget. Let's talk about the schedule of the budget process. The schedule of the, uh, thankfully, the process of the budget should have a very clear start date and even more importantly, a very clear ending date. And uh, there, there are a couple of points I'd like to make uh, on this point of scheduling. First of all, start with the calendar. And uh, in your packet there, I, the supplemental packet I just handed out, I've got it, there's four different documents. One, if you look, the very first page is a sample calendar. Does everyone see that? And so this is very similar to the calendar that we would use uh, at, in our church. Uh, the, um, you can see that in the middle of October, we start the budget process. We have basically a, a one month window where, where all of the different department leaders are working on their budgets. So by the middle of, of November, most of the heavy work is done and that's turned in and then we start the analytical part of that con consolidating. We'll talk about that in a moment uh, regarding the process, but it literally from the start, to the end where we present it to our church family. There, uh, in our case, our constitution calls for an annual meeting on a certain date, and that's, that's the annual business meeting there at the bottom. So start with the calendar. Secondly, start early and allow enough time. Um, you have to realize that the folks that are preparing budgets, this is just one additional thing that you've added to an already busy schedule, right? Um, and you have to understand that. and, and the last thing in the world that the pastor would want to happen is for you to shut down ministry because you're working on a budget. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? So you've got to allow enough time. Now, that being said, if you allow too much time, our human tendency is to wait to get toward the end before we start, right? So I've found over the years you could give two months, you could give three months, or you could give one month, and it's all going to get done about the same in about the same amount of time. So here we figure that one month is usually ample time to prepare the budget. So that's kind of the goal as you see it there in the calendar. And then the third point on the calendar is that we need to complete this before the end of the fiscal year. Our church operates as most churches do on a January to December uh, fiscal year. So the last thing that our staff wanna be doing around Thanksgiving and Christmas are preparing budgets, right? They're focusing on a lot of really neat ministry opportunities. So we scheduled the budget process to be done from the pastoral staff perspective, from the leadership perspective, right around the middle of November. So that's, uh, that's the points on the schedule I like to talk about. Let's talk about the participants, the participants in the budget process. So really kind of three groups or three individuals. First of all, the pastor. The pastor is the budget leader. And uh, now as a church staff, I work every day to uh, not to have Pastor Chapel get involved in a lot of administrative detail. That's not what God has called him to do. He's called me to come alongside to help him in those areas. So, but let me tell you one really important budget goal that Pastor Chapel sets for Lancaster Baptist Church. Pastor Chapel sets the revenue budget for the church. Now, pop quiz. What would be the single greatest revenue line item in the church budget? Uh, right, offerings. That's not a trick question, right? I just want to make sure you're awake. Uh, uh, so, yeah, offerings. So Pastor Chapel sets the 
the giving budget for the new year. Now, if Pastor Chapel sets the giving budget, what is he effectively setting as well? The spending budget, because we're not going to spend more than than we bring in, right? Unless it's just an unusual situation. So Pastor Chapel, that one act of Pastor Chapel, we provide him with data. Pastor Chapel uh, knows the health and the pulse of our local church, and he makes that decision about here's what I'm, I want you to put into the budget for giving next year. And uh, that really sets the course for the re remainder of the, of the process. The second group that are involved in the budgeting process are the staff. And uh, let me start by f first by saying that, that there should be one pastor-empowered person who leads the budget process. And, and in, the, in the notes there, I'm calling it the process leader. And in this church, that's the role that I fulfill. But in every church, there ought to be one person who really is the go-to person who's leading the process, who's communicating, who's um, just making sure that deadlines are kept, and just leads the process from start to finish. Now, uh, in addition to the process leader, then you've got department leaders and where the budget's being prepared by those that are responsible for the departments. In this ministry, Brother Rule prepares the budget. His team prepares the budget for adult ministries. Uh, Brother Burt uh, prepares the budget for our children's ministry. And so every department, every segment of the, of the ministry has someone that's close to the action who's actually preparing those budgets. Um, now, let me say, Thirdly, there that it could be a lay, layman or lay, uh, lay leadership in your church that are preparing the budget, and, and if that's the case for your church, that's awesome. Uh, it's uh, it doesn't need to be paid staff involved in budgeting. It can just be someone that's there. Main thing is that they understand uh, the, what they're budgeting. There's someone associated with that. Maybe you have a Sunday school director who's just a layman. Uh, who will prepare that budget. So that's, uh, that's a great thing. If, if you have lay leadership involved in the process, you're going to want to probably give them more time, right? Because in addition to the, what you're asking them to do, they've got a, probably a, a normal job and family responsibilities. And then you're going to want to communicate more with them uh, just because they're going to be not there at the church and you're gonna, it's going to be just a little more challenging. But it's totally doable. And uh, so that's the, the three primary participants or groups of participants. Now, we're going to move next to the really the meat of the session today, and that's the steps of the budgeting process. And there are nine steps that I want to go through with you briefly and just talk about um, what each of those steps are and how do we fulfill that as the process leader. So for this part of the session, I'm kind of talking to you as if you're the leader of the budget process for your church. So the first step we want to look at is the step of pre-planning, pre-planning. There's some things that we need as the process leaders we need to be thinking about in advance uh, for this. And let me give you a few areas. Number one, understanding our financial environment. Uh, as we work with our pastor and with our all the different budgeting members of the budgeting team, we need to, to set the appropriate tone for the process. Um, and I've been here long enough to have uh, been through a variety of cycles of, of ministry. You know, ministry is not always static, is it? Uh, you know, there's, there's things that happen economically. Your community may be hit hard. People may lose jobs. I mean, you've got so many different things that are going on in your church. So you need to be able to set the right tone every year for the budget process. Maybe your church is growing like gangbusters 
and the, the, the spending, maybe you have greater liberty in, in your spending and what resources you have to spend. That's awesome. But maybe your church is flat. Maybe it's barely growing. Maybe it's slightly declining. I mean, your church, so you need to know what, what the situation is for your church, what your pastor's heart is, and set the right tone. So the first thing there is just understanding the environment. Second point I'd like to make under pre-planning is establishing goals. And we're going to talk about in a moment kind of a kickoff memo or kickoff communication. But you need to know your pastor's heart in terms of what are the goals that he wants to accomplish this year for the budget. Samples could be maybe he wants to hold or freeze hiring. Or maybe he wants to hire someone. And that's going to be a goal that he would like to see get into the budget. Maybe he wants to cut spending next year by 10% from this year. Um, maybe he wants to budget a surplus so that you can ha increase your savings or your, your cash reserves. Those are really important goals that need to be understood up front, right? So, uh, so that you're pre-planning, you're communicating that up front to the, to the entire uh, budget preparation team. The other thing is uh, that we mentioned under pre-planning, you want to identify the participants. Uh, let me just say this, having the wrong people involved in the budget process will be a disaster. Uh, so, uh, and I won't spend time to go through all the characteristics that you look for, but there's two areas that you really want to think about. One is the heart. So someone who loves the Lord, who's loyal uh, to the church, who is loyal to the pastor, who just has a, um, a walk with the Lord, who, who is a faithful giver. Um, you know, all of these things, discipline, reliable, I mean, there's so many different things. Um, you can... You can train this, the head part, which we'll talk about in a second, and the skills part, you can train. The heart part, you can't train. So don't pick someone who's going to be a problem uh, in the budget process. Just don't do it. It would be better for you to do it yourself than, than to pick the wrong person. But then let's talk about the head part. If, if the ideal person would be, uh, you know, you, you've got some intelligence that's teachable, um, intuitive, kind of sees the bigger picture of what, what it is that they're trying to accomplish. Uh, communication, really important that they know how to use computer software. You know, we use really the really basic tools here. We use Microsoft Excel for our, um, and, and honestly, I think they're teaching Microsoft Excel in elementary school now. So it's it should be something that most people knew, but it's really important. Again, you can teach, you can teach the skills, uh, but you, you really need the heart. Um, so. Uh, you need uh, to have uh, preparers who are involved in ministry, who are familiar with the areas that they're going to, to budget. And then uh, the last, uh, another pre-planning item, the last one here is just the establishment of deadlines. We talked about the, uh, the calendar here. The calendar for, um, for the budget is really the church calendar. So hopefully your church has a church calendar. And so the budget for the new year should be centered around making sure that the things that Pastor the pastors put on that church calendar are in the budget, right? So if you budget a really big fall outreach, but then the outreach person doesn't budget that, that's going to be a real problem when you get to that, that part of the year, isn't it? So uh, it's really important that you establish uh, a calendar and that your, your deadlines and all are based on the calendar of the church. So that's pre-planning. Let's look at the uh, next section there. The, uh, the next note there is the kickoff process. And after you pre-plan and you're ready, it's time to kick off the budget process. And uh, we've done it here a couple of different ways over the years. We've had formal meetings with all the people budgeting that are pre 
participating in the budget process. And then we've done it through written communication as well. Um, but the purpose of having a kickoff, a formal start, is just to emphasize the importance of the project and uh, making sure that everybody is on the same page. You don't have one person off on the side that's, well, oh, this really doesn't apply to me. No, everybody knows who's, who is involved and they all know what the expectations are. Um, we also want to, uh, as part of, part of the communication of the kickoff, is the communication of expectations and deadlines and, uh, and the ground rules. In your packet that I handed out, uh, if you look on the, on the second page there, on the back side of the first page, I, I put a sample kickoff memo in here for you just to kind of give you, this is really kind of the format that we follow every year. So um, this kind of puts into writing what, what, what we're trying to communicate. Uh, you know, opening paragraphs, you know, welcome, welcoming the participants, emphasizing the purpose of the budget process, communicating pastors hard on it. Second paragraph, uh, kind of dis describing the process that we're gonna follow um, and, and just whatever it is that unique maybe for your ministry. But uh, in our ministry, we'll usually say, hey, we're starting with last year's budget and we want you to update that or make changes to it. Um, another, another paragraph is communicating the calendar and the most important dates. We have a paragraph that talks about the tools and we'll, we'll talk about the tools in just a moment that, that were being provided. While we have a kind of a, a boilerplate memo that goes to each, each leader or preparer, the tools that they get will be unique to their department. So I would give Brother Rule the adult ministry's budget and we'll talk about tools, some of the transactional. We don't just give everything to everybody, right? Because that would be overwhelming. We just give what it is the, for the area that they, or areas that they're budgeting. And then uh, another really important paragraph is the communication of guidelines. And so you can see five or six samples here using last year's budget as a starting point. Don't start from scratch in this case. And uh, in this case, we're saying, hey, we're gonna lean budget this year. We want you to keep spending no more than last year, uh, communicating on events, um, uh, asking people to be careful not to over budget or, or be overly optimistic in their budgets. We really need realistic budgets. And then uh, again, ad admonishing folks not to wait until the last minute and to delegate as they need for help. And then finally, uh, uh, just an encouraging paragraph and, and offering support uh, through the process. So uh, this is just a sample of, of the kickoff memo. Um, then let's talk about tools too. During, in, the, uh, in the process of the kickoff, we provide budgeting tools. And uh, let me give you a, 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 just a couple of tools that we provide. First of all, we provide a list of the departments of the church and who's budgeting them. So Brother Rule knows that Brother Furso is budgeting the outreach budget. Brother Furso knows that Brother Burt's budgeting the children's budget. And if there's questions or coordination that needs to happen, everybody kind of knows who's doing what. We also provide them, even though they already have it, but we provide them again with the budget from the prior year in Excel form. And they would certainly have that from, from the prior year, but uh, we provide them with that. We also provide them, this is really important, a list of the transactions for the prior year. What do I mean by transactions? All the income and expense transactions uh, from our accounting system. What that does, it allows them to do their research. So if they're providing, if they're preparing a budget for an event, 
and it's gonna be similar to last year, they can look through that transaction listing and say, hey, uh, we spent $400 for printing uh, tracks, or we spent $500 to rent uh, bounce houses. I mean, it's just a research tool. Really, a really helpful thing to do is to provide the budget preparer the transactions just for their event. Now, we wouldn't print the whole GL and give it to one person. It's, it would be, it would be again, customized to what they're budgeting. And then we, uh, we also uh, have, and not provided here, but we also have a separate process for asking uh, for information, for budgeting information, for capital expenditures, and for staff additions, uh, which are more rare, but we always ask because there may be something that that's maybe our facilities person says, hey, we've got an air conditioning unit that needs to be replaced next year, and it's $15,000. You don't want to find out about that after the budget closes, right, and it's presented to the church family. It may be so significant that you're going to have to figure out where do we trim the program to meet this capital need. So it's important that you ask the question, and then staff additions as well. Staff additions are always important to, to understand. So the kickoff uh, process is incredibly important. If you kick, it, kick the budget off right, you're going to have a lot uh, less trouble and, 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 and much fewer problems. Um, so the next point here in the outline in the steps is the checkpoints and reminders. And have predetermined points over that one month window where you're ch touching base with each of the preparation team. And, and I like to do it this way. I, I'll send an email out to all the preparation team and I'll first do this. I'll thank those that have already turned their budgets in. You, it's so amazing. You have people that will turn their budgets in like the next day. And uh, so, I, and, and by thanking those who have already done it, it's putting some positive peer pressure on those that haven't, right? And uh, so we, we wanna do that. Um, and, and so uh, you, you all know the, the thing, good leaders are, are people that inspect what they expect, right? Boy, I learned a long time ago, if you go that whole month and then you follow up like the day before it's due, uh, you're going to surprise a lot of people. And uh, so I, I think I probably err to the side of over-following up, if, if that's a term. Uh, but a good thing, checkpoints and reminders, really, really important. Deadlines, next point there. Uh, it's really important that you ad adhere to the deadlines that you set in your calendar. Now, you can be assured that there's going to be one or two people that just don't meet the deadline, right? And for a variety of reasons. And and uh, so immediately you need to communicate with them. And I always say this when I'm communicating, if you feel like you're gonna miss the deadline, just let me know. And then I can jump and in, get involved and help them finish it or whatever needs to be done. But if they miss it, then you've got to establish kind of a drop dead date. So, and I, you try to build a little margin into the schedule so that you know that there's gonna be some maybe, maybe that misses, but then you obviously there's a point at which you've gotta have it, right? You've gotta have it to the extent that maybe you're the one who prepares it. Um, so uh, deadlines, really, really important. And then, and then the next point here under the steps is the, the step of consolidation. So what do I mean by consolidation? That's pulling all of the pieces together. So as I mentioned earlier, we use uh, Microsoft Excel as our tool. And so the adult ministries has, a, has a, an Excel worksheet for the adult ministries budget. It's got preset columns. And so all the budgets look the same format wise. The children's ministry has the same thing, identical template, just different 
level, different uh, line items of detail, right? So uh, at the end, they all turn those in by the deadline. And then we go, we put them all into one large Excel worksheet. That's basically, we consolidate them into one, uh, one budget. In your packet there, um, I have included a, a really, really simplistic budget. Um, and, it's, and it's really small. Sorry for the, the small print here. But if cause everyone see that, let me just take a second and just point out a couple of things here. So every budget, and, and this is kind of a, a budget for a church plant, so it's, it's a lot of different departments all already in there. But the, the level of detail is, is really unacceptable here, but I, I just simplified this for, for purposes of, of, uh, of presentation today. But you can see that um, you, you've got normal columns, the departments, the names, you've got really important descriptions. Uh, over on the right side, you've got the monthly budgets, right? And so up the top, you can see the, the income budget. You'll notice that anytime when we budget income, we budget it in brackets or a credit, that would be an accounting credit. But more practically, that allows us to, uh, to add up both positives, revenue, and negatives uh, expense. And if you look at there, there at the bottom, go all the way down to where it says grand total, you can then kind of see the cash flow for each month. So in January, what's, what's the cash flow for January? Is that uh, income or expense? Very good. You guys are right on target here. So I know it's in, I know it's in brackets. You, we kind of think of that as being negative, but it's just a lot easier to, to make the revenue net brackets instead of expense. Otherwise, there'd be a lot of brackets, right? It just gets really noisy. But the point is that you can see January, good cash flow. February, positive number. Now, you get over to August, and what happens? $3,000, but it's, it's net expense. And so that's, you know, that's really the reality of, of cash flow in church, isn't it? Uh, you've got good months, and then you're saving for the lean months, right? And uh, it, that's one of the beauties of doing a monthly budget is being able to understand the cash flow implications of, of ministry. So this is kind of an example. And, and so in part of the con consolidation is that we're looking to have kind of a big picture. We're dropping adult ministries, children's ministries, student ministries, events, mission, not missions, but we're just talking about the, the, the operating budget right now. Um, and you know, all of the different program parts of the church budget. And then we're able to, to roll it all up and see a total for the entire budget. And um, that, that is a very important tool. Let me say this, that without exception, uh, the first time you consolidate without exception ever is that is that's always a deficit there's always a deficit the first time you roll it up because the spending that everyone budgets is always more than the revenue that we have to cover it it's just a natural tendency and uh, in a lot of years of doing this we've never had one where just the first time through we had money left over it just doesn't work that way um, so that leads us kind of to the next point in the, in the steps and, and step number six, the review and revision of, of the budget. So when we, when we look at the budget, the first pass through, we've, we've got, usually it's a massive deficit. It's usually scary. And that's usually a number I don't share with Pastor Chapel because it's, it's, it just and, and hopefully so there's a couple things we do number one we look for errors and inevitably there's things that get budgeted twice 
maybe two different people are not quite sure about who's in charge of what and they budget it twice and we look for errors. Uh, we also look at year over year spending. So we, uh, if, if in the kickoff process, we tell our ministry leaders, hey, we want you to budget a break even budget uh, or we want you to budget the same as you spent last year. Well, we can easily look at that, right? So we get the budgets back and we look at department by department and see did everybody kind of comply with what we asked them to do. That's a good area to look. And so that's the first thing that we look at is just looking for departments where they've really overspent what they actually did the prior year. Um, we also um, look at, um, look for areas to trim. Uh, trimming the budget is not a pleasant task, but it's a necessary one. And it really just requires you to be filled with the spirit and be, uh, be a team player. And, uh, and, and it, boy, certainly it's required on the part of the budget prepare to do the same thing uh, because there's got to be give and take. And let's say Pastor Chapel has, has given us a goal that he wants to accomplish last year or the, in this new year. That may require cuts across the board. And, and it's just we have to look and be thinking about how can we how can we get that budget to break even. We try not to get pastor involved in the process, but if you look at the calendar, you can see that there is a kind of a, a window of time when we do get the pastor involved if we need to in terms of prioritizing and, and allocating resources. Let me just say one more thing about review and revision that's really important is that throughout the process, the, the, the budget needs to remain in the ownership of the preparer. Um, just because it comes to me to be consolidated doesn't now mean that I own that budget. It means that Brother Rule still owns the adult ministry budget. If I take ownership of the adult ministry's budget from him, who is, who is going to feel responsibility for keeping that budget next year? I think he loses some of that, uh, that feeling, and, and we don't want to do that. It, it's, and what's submitted and the cuts that have to take place, those all need to remain in the ownership of the, the budget preparers. Uh, the next uh, thing I won't spend much time on, whoops, back up. The next point under the steps is that of approval. And uh, we, we have, in our church, we have an approval process that, that includes, um, we go through and we get, we try to achieve the, 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 the strategic goals of the ministry. Uh, and we've got a couple strategic goals. One is debt prepayment. Um, and we have uh, uh, savings. And so those are two strategic goals. Um, another pop quiz here, how do you accomplish savings in, in a church ministry? Uh, just financially, how do you do that? How do you, yes, sir? I was just going to ask, yeah. the, what's the debt prepayment Yeah, so we have kind of a, we have a, a, as part of our strategic plan, we have a 10-year plan to eliminate our debt over 10 years. So we have a, we have a model for that, and we know that if we're hitting our, our annual goals that we budget, it allows us to, to achieve that strategic goal. But back to my question here, how do you, how do you achieve savings in, in the church budget? This is not a trick question. Yes, that's right. So the only way, so if you look at this, uh, this sample budget in your packet there, the only way that this church, First Baptist of Anywhere, can, can achieve uh, savings is to spend less than they bring in, right? And so, uh, so we have a strategic goal that we're needing to build the savings for the church. And so that, that's, again, something that we're looking at in the approval process. But in, back to the approval process, Pastor Chapel approves the final draft of the budget. 
It then goes to our finance committee, which is a sub subgroup of our deacons who, who have a chance to review it in all the detail. And then the finance committee will refer the budget to pastor and to the deacons for official approval in a, in a deacons meeting. And then finally, it goes to our church family for ratification in our annual business meeting. Yes, sir. Um, a healthy debt ratio, I, yeah, I, I, I can't, it, it's whatever your church is comfortable, it, it, it varies. And I can't give you, I, I don't have a rule of thumb for you. I would say probably no debt is the best ratio. <laughs> and, you know, it's just the day that we're in, depending on when, you're, when you operate, it's just there's a lot of uncertainty in ministry. I think debt, uh, the Bible is, you know, the, the borrower is servant to the lender. And every day I understand that principle from having a church that has debt. Uh, it, you're, you're, you're spending money on interest that could be better used in, in ministry. Uh, just, just so many reasons. So uh, good question, though. So approval. And then let's talk about presentation. Uh, the eighth point here and the nine points and the, the steps. Um, for our church, the level of budget detail that we communicate becomes more and more summarized as we present it. So um, our, the budget we present to our finance committee is, uh, is all of the line items of detail, hundreds of line items of detail. Uh, the budget that we present to our deacons, pastor and deacons, would look somewhat like uh, the last page in your handout there. Let's take a look at that for a second, which would, uh, which would be sort of a summarized uh, one-page income and expense statement or, or income statement. Um, and you can see, you know, you've got giving, you've got high level expense categories like your personnel expense or your facilities expense, supplies, postage, et cetera. So we have really, uh, this is kind of the level that we would present to our pastor and deacons for them to approve. Um, and then what we present to our church family is even much more summarized than this. We basically, to our church family, we present five categories of expense. We provide a, a program expense, our personnel expense, expansion or our building fund, missions, and then our facilities. And sometimes I wonder if that's too much detail. Uh, yeah, so facilities, uh, personnel, program, and then our building program and missions. And I say that facetiously because that, that's it's very summarized. But um, if in the process, the appropriate level of detail is getting to the appropriate individuals, groups that are reviewing it, I think you're fulfilling your responsibility for accountability and oversight. If we were to present to our church family our budget detail, they would just, they would die. And uh, we would die. Uh, it's just, it's important that you provide the right level of detail. And then the last step I'd like to talk about is under the steps is the evaluation and communication. Uh, when you prepare your budget, uh, you're, you're, you're preparing a budget that you're gonna use all year. And so the best way to evaluate performance is to do monthly reporting. So uh, uh, where you're comparing actual performance versus the budget on a year-to-date and a month-to-date basis. And those are kind of standard financial reports that, that you're, uh, I'm sure you're all familiar with. Um, so uh, we provide those reports monthly to our pastor and deacons. We provide those to our department leaders as well. 
Um, so let's, uh, that's kind of the steps. Let's talk just for a second about the challenges of the budget process, and there are just a few. Uh, uh, well, there's quite a few, but we're just going to cover a few. Uh, one would be the lack of ownership um, at the, and when I say lack of ownership at the department leader level, boy, you can't have uh, a lack of ownership of the budget process. And really, you solve that problem by just having the right people involved. Second challenge could be the, uh, the lack of a dedicated preparation time. You just need to have a really solid kickoff and send regular reminders to the preparation team is, is really a solution to that problem. Another problem could be the lack of accuracy. And as a process leader, you, you need to have kind of a sense of whether individuals are, are, are budgeting, or, you know, that, that someone's not sandbagging, uh, or uh, other words, that they're budgeting more expense than they really need. Because what happens if someone over budgets their expense? Because we have a limited amount of expense. That's taking away from some other area, isn't it? Uh, so it's important that you avoid that. You're, you have to avoid the overly optimistic estimates. And, uh, you know, uh, so there's, there's a balance here. But as a process leader, you just need to keep accuracy and the accuracy of the process at a forefront. Uh, the lack of prioritization is another, another uh, challenge. Um, and so not budget, basically not budgeting the right things. You just need to focus the budget on your pastor's vision or the mission and strategic plan. And then the lack of funding, and we all face this. Uh, we just need to commit as process leaders to live within our means, right, and to meet the strategic goals of the ministry. Let me just go to the last point here, and I know I'm just the only one standing between you and lunch right now, so um, so let's, let's just talk about some rewards real quick. First of all, a focused application of resources. Um, we're not just spending as a church, we're spending to support the mission, and we're spending on the highest and best needs of the, to support the mission and uh, that's a reward just in and of itself prioritized spending is another uh, reward uh, that that we're getting those resources to where they're doing the most for the lord's work pre-decided financial objectives a, a reward uh, ministry leaders now have a 12-month plan that they're working from so unless something strategically changes for your ministry uh, you don't need to go back through and rehash what, what's going to happen this year. It's, it's kind of in your budget. It's your, it's your plan for the year in, in financial terms. And then measurable financial goals. So a real reward is being able to have a benchmark against which you can communicate with your pastor and other leaders about how are we doing compared to, to the budget. And if we're missing the budget, we're providing actionable information so we can, we can step back and, and make mid-course corrections. It's not that we're going to open the budget back up, but we may have to, to change some priorities, right? We may have to, uh, just because it's, we have a saying here, just because it's budgeted doesn't mean that we can do it. Uh, so uh, in our church, we have kind of a, a budget, a, a spending approval process uh, that we affectionately known as the PO process. Uh, and uh, it, it helps us to manage spending. And then lastly, the, it's an encouragement to your church family. And I tell you, we have, the, we have the most gracious church family in the world. We'll get up and have that church meeting, and everybody's just smiling, and they're patient. And honestly, I don't know that they really, really get it all. I mean, it's just like a fire hose, and we're just, you know, sending so much information. 
But let me tell you this, what they do appreciate and what your church family is going to appreciate is the fact that you have a process where resources are being uh, directed at the highest and best use for your church family to meet the mission. That's going to encourage your church family to give and to be a part. Um, so we have uh, we've talked about the, the preparation of the, of the budget. Listen, having a budget is a hallmark of an effective church. And don't tell me, but if your church doesn't have a budget, you should have a budget. It's just whether it's a church plant and you just have a few line items of budget or whether you have a large church, budget, a budget is just a wonderful tool. Not having a budget puts your church at risk. And, uh, and, and the preparation doesn't need to be some massive thing where you take your focus off of the main thing, reaching the lost and, and ministering to your church family. It can, be, it can coexist. Uh, most of the time, our budget process starts in the middle of our fall campaign, which is a terrible time to do it. But it, that's when it happens. But it, it's not all-consuming. Both of those things can, can be done. So I just want to encourage you uh, um, it, in, the, in, the, in the process that if you're in charge of the budget process, you're doing a, a good work. You're being a help to your church and to your church, pastor especially. And uh, what you're doing is, is a very needful act. So I'm going to take a minute for a few questions. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, great question. So what, what I talked about today is primarily our general fund budget. But we also prepare a missions budget and a, and a, and a building fund budget. The building fund budget would, be, would incorporate our campaign. So usually our building fund budget would include you know, cash coming in. We're usually saving for a project and, and expenses associated with the campaign. Maybe, maybe if there's a, a meal or a, some kind of event focused on the campaign, but that would be in our building fund budget. Yeah, great question. Yes, sir. Yeah, sure. With a new church plant mm -hmm. where it's like you. Yeah. And I know that it's very important to separate the, the role of the pastor from the treasurer. Yeah, sure. But keeping that separated, is there a danger to having the pastor set the budget? No, it's a, it's a reality. For a church plant and for a small church, the pastor is doing it all. He's He is the treasurer. He is the, he's doing everything. So as a God, as God adds to your church, you want to seek out those men and women that have some of the characteristics we talked about earlier and then delegate that because really the focus of the pastor is, is ministry, right? So we're, we all come alongside to try to, but in the early days, it, absolutely. Now, once you have those people there, it should, it should reflect the heart of the pastor, but hopefully it's not the pastor doing it all. Yeah, good question. Yes, sir. Yeah, it really, it's very specific to the church. So what, what's your revenue goal? It, it's, it, it's interesting when you look at a smaller church that's really in a growth, growth pattern, it wouldn't be unusual to have a 100% increase in giving uh, year over year. I mean, it just depends on the, but get a larger church and, and you know, million dollars a year in giving or two million, whatever it is, you know, it's hard to double that year over year, right? Uh, so it really depends on the, on the on the characteristics of your church. If if you're if you're a military church and and you've got you just lost half your church to a deployment, I mean, you 
you might be budgeting a decline in giving. It just it really is unique to your church. So it's 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 a certainly a matter that's prayed over, and that's why it's such an important responsibility. That's why our pastor uh, does that, and uh, God will give him the insight and, and grace to do that. Yes, sir. Yeah. And uh, we are uh, able to stay with our within our budget uh, and shoe strap budget and have a couple of recommendations on when it comes to budgeting for um, the possibility of debt in the future because uh, I feel like our, our church family has gotten used to the idea of not having a mortgage, not having debt, not yeah. paying that down. Now to present it to them as uh, a process into the future, how, how would you recommend yeah. that? Right, so as facilities deteriorate, there should be a fund that you're funding with your reserves so that you're, you're budgeting to spend less than you bring in and you're setting money aside for a, a capital improvement or uh, deferred maintenance, whatever you want to call it, where you're setting that money aside so that you're not crippled by a $20,000 air conditioner that goes out. Um, and, and so, boy, what a blessing that you don't have debt. But I tell you, then really focusing on, on setting aside cash reserves, you know, most, I think the conservative uh, would say have 60 to 90 days of your operating expenses as savings. It's not that we're hoarding cash, it's just that we're trying to be, uh, not have ministry disrupted because something happens or that you have some major emergency that you need to fund, but you don't have cash to do it. So you don't wanna have to borrow, right, to do that. So setting, having a plan where you're setting money aside and it's money that just doesn't get touched. It gets put in a, a savings account and, and set aside. Really good question. Yes, sir. Yeah, so at Lancaster Baptist, our finance committee is a subset of our deacons. And those are uh, men that have financial expertise. We have an accountant on that team and uh, just different ones. Our finance committee, uh, and we also have an audit committee that's similarly, uh, again, they're part of our, our deacons. But um, yeah, I think it's just, for us, it's worked really well. And uh, it's, it's an accountability that we all appreciate. And uh, those are men that, just bring a different perspective to it, and uh, and it's been it's been a helpful thing. Yeah, good question. Other questions? Well, I'll be up here for a little bit if you have anything afterwards. But I really appreciate uh, your your attention, and uh, just pray you'll have an awesome rest of the conference. Okay, talk to you later. Thank you.